Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. Amen. A portion of scripture for our consideration is the gospel, Mark chapter 1. Fellow followers of our Lord Jesus, have you ever noticed how God works in such unlikely ways? In ways that are, are so different from, I think, the way we would handle things. Take creation, for example. God creates the universe in six days by the power of his almighty word. Why did he take six days? If we had divine almighty power, I think we would have done it just like that. Get it over with. Why waste time? Or take the fall into sin. God promises a Savior born of a woman to crush the devil's head. And he promises that to people who have just demonstrated complete ingratitude for all that he had done for them. I think if it had been us, we would have wiped out Adam and Eve in one fell swoop and started over again. And then think of the people he used to fulfill that promise. A guy like Abraham a former idol worshiper and chronic liar, Jacob, a deceiver, Moses, constantly making excuses, impatient, David, a, an adulterer and murderer. And then think of how he fulfilled the promises. He, he sent his son in human flesh. Do you understand how strange that is when you think about it? Born of a virgin, that's a scandal waiting to happen in the little town of Bethlehem. Come on. And then maybe the most unlikely of all, crucifixion. The crucifixion of his own son, dying a horrible death like a horrible criminal, that's the sacrifice for the sins of humanity? Throw in the resurrection and you just have one unlikely action after another. But God doesn't stop working in unlikely ways after Jesus ascended into heaven. He continues to govern his world and extend his church in very unlikely ways. We see that in the gospel for today as we see Jesus begin his earthly ministry. Jesus is establishing an unlikely ministry. Mark's gospel account of Jesus' life moves very rapidly from one thing to the next. He gives a, a quick overview of the ministry of John the Baptist, and then he gives the shortened version of Jesus' baptism, summarizes the temptation in two verses, and then he gets to the start of Jesus' public ministry. And you notice that Jesus... He isn't staying out in the desert wilderness areas where John had been preaching. He goes up to Galilee. He doesn't expect the people to come to him. He goes to where the people are. And what does he do? Proclaiming the kingdom of God. The good news of God. This is the good news which God revealed. The good news about God acting on behalf of his people. On behalf of sinners. And there's something interesting to note here. 
Jesus' ministry centers in proclaiming a message. Again, that seems so unlikely, so different. We would have expected Jesus, with almighty powers, to use those powers to gather a following or at least go to battle against the hated Romans. Instead, he went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. And Mark gives us a summary of that message. And each phrase is packed with meaning. The time has come. Literally, the time has been completed. All the preparations throughout the centuries of the Old Testament, all the waiting and watching, it was now fulfilled. Even John's preparing ministry had come to an end with his arrest and imprisonment. Time had come. The Savior, everything was set. The Savior was now on the scene. The kingdom of God has come near. Now what's this kingdom? It's not a place. It's not an earthly entity. The kingdom of God is God's ruling activity in the hearts of people. His kingdom was nearer and clearer with the establishment of Jesus' earthly ministry. He would now begin ruling in the hearts of people through the message that Jesus was proclaiming. And, and what was that message? Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe always go together. You really can't have one without the other. Repent. Turn from your sins. Change your mind about remaining in this sinful condition and sinful life. Confess your sins. And then change your mind about what you're going to do with your sins, that you think you can get rid of them yourself. Believe the good news. Trust, rely on, have confidence in this good news that God is reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. That's such an unlikely message. Repent and believe this good news. So unlikely when you think about it. Where, where's, the, where's the Pharisees' message? Follow God's commands. Obey the rules and traditions. Where's the message we would prefer? Your sins aren't that serious. God would want you to be happy. Just, just follow this list. It's not too hard. Do your best. Check things off as you get them done. You'll feel better about yourself. Or honestly, do we really have to worry about our sins? Repent? Why? Why should I change? I'm happy in the, content in the life I have. Isn't that part of our problem? Isn't that why we need to repent? And believe this good news, that this Jesus has done everything? That doesn't compute across an empty grave. That's so illogical. We think we should have to do something. Or at least that we really don't need to be saved. Why should God punish me? But it's this unlikely message 
that Jesus uses to establish his unlikely ministry. It's what he commissioned his disciples to proclaim when he told them, the Christ will suffer and rise on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name for all nations. It's the message of the unlikely ministry that has been carried out among you and me. God was God has made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see that's the unlikely message that God has used to set up his rule in your heart and in your life. So that you're sitting here this morning he called you to repentance through his word. He called you to faith at your baptism. He has made you one of his children, forgiven, reconciled, redeemed, through this unlikely message. And this unlikely message Jesus established, unlike the ministry Jesus established, centered in this unlikely message, it has been at work right here at Emmanuel for what, over 90 years, I think, if, my history, if I remember my, history, my Manitowoc church history? Think of the tens of thousands of people that have sat right here listening to this good news of Jesus, receiving the Lord's Supper. Think of the thousands of students that have attended Emmanuel Lutheran School or, or Manitowoc Lutheran High School where they've received a Christian education and their faith nurtured and strengthened. Think of all the people who have been brought into God's kingdom and have come into contact with the gospel through the ministry of this congregation. And that includes each of you sitting here today. Because you come here today, you come here every week to have your faith nourished and fed through this unlikely ministry Jesus has established, through this unlikely message, repent and believe the good news. And here's what's interesting, too. How Jesus carries out this ministry. He uses unlikely messengers, ministers. I suppose Jesus could have stayed on earth preaching I suppose he could have sent angels, but he chose not to. He chose to use sinners who have been called into this unlikely ministry by this unlikely message to be ministers of this word. Think of uh, how he called those first disciples at the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Andrew and Peter had been followers of John the Baptist, who is now in prison. John had pointed to Jesus as the promised Messiah. What kind of Messiah could this Jesus be if he couldn't even keep his forerunner out of prison? Is he really worth following? Or take James and John. They were 
workers in their father's lucrative fishing business. I mean, if you've got hired men, you're doing pretty well. They should leave that to follow this Jesus. But what do we see? Come, follow me, and I will make you to, I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. No wasting time, no looking back, no excuses. At once they left their nets. At once they followed Jesus. The word of Jesus produced that result in them and was now going to equip them to be ministers in his kingdom, in this ministry. Jesus has always called unlikely ministers, messengers. The Apostle Paul, the great preacher of Christ, had been a persecutor of Christians. St. Augustine, the, early, the great theologian of the early church, lived with his mistress for ten years before his conversion. Martin Luther, the great reformer, tried to earn his salvation through living the life of a monk. But all of them left that old way of life because they were called by the power of the word and they then served as ministers of that word. Where were those ministers and messengers come from today? Unlikely places, unlikely people. Maybe it's a pastor's son, teacher's daughter, a plumber's son, a nurse's daughter. Each unlikely in their own way, but each called to follow Jesus, called to be a fisher of people. And that is such unlikely work. That's a, what an interesting picture, to be a fisher of people. Notice they're called fishers, not catchers. The Holy Spirit does the catching. And it's also interesting that fish really don't have much of a purpose until they're caught. They sort of swim around aimlessly, but when they're caught, ah, now we've got a good fish fry, don't we? Same is true with us. Until we're caught by the gospel, we don't have much purpose. We only live for ourselves, do what I want to do, what's, in, what's best for me. We, we have pretty much an aimless existence, doomed to death and hell. But you and I have been caught by the gospel. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus for a purpose. Luther puts it so well in his catechism, that I should be his own and live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. We now have a ministry, a service. Service to others. Service of sharing the good news of Jesus with the world. And I'll tell you this, more messengers, more ministers are needed, especially to do this in a full-time capacity. Currently in our synod, there are almost 120 pastoral vacancies. 
there will be 27 seminary graduates in May. You do the math. It's not much better at MLC with teachers. Where will these messengers come from, these ministers? Maybe some from you. Young people, I'd just like you to consider that for a moment. To be like Andrew or Peter, James and John. I mean, if you love Jesus, if you love his word, and if you have a heart for people, the preaching and teaching ministry might be for you. And all of us, no matter our age, no matter our vocation in life, can do what Jesus instructed. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. And then encourage those you see who have the gifts for ministry, support them in their education. Jesus establishes quite the unlikely ministry today that we see in this gospel. It's an unlikely message he uses. Doesn't seem like it would be the message we would think of. Doesn't seem all that appealing, at least not to human reason. He uses unlikely messengers. They're just people. People who have been called by the gospel to be his ambassadors. And what unlikely results Jesus produces through this unlikely ministry. Baptisms and confirmations, sermons, Bible classes, devotions, Bible history lessons, all so that God's people can be strengthened, comforted. New missions are started. People who have never heard the word before are given a new lease on eternity. And that has happened to you too. God has established his rule in your heart through this unlikely message, this unlikely ministry. And we have his promise that by his grace, he will continue to do that. Here at Emmanuel, in our, in our church body, in your heart. An unlikely ministry carried out by unlikely ministers proclaiming that unlikely message. Repent and believe the good news. Amen.